and I show. Today we're going to be talking about The Night of Shadows, starring Jackie Chan and more. <laughs> talking about uh, the movie The Night of Shadows starring Jackie Chan. Uh, for those of y'all here in America, y'all very familiar with Jackie Chan. He's a great actor, martial artist. He's been acting for a very long time. I believe he's based out of um, Singapore, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, he came to America, acted for several years here in America, uh, went back to Singapore and continued. I, I believe he's pretty much retired now. And if he's not retired, he's basically retired now. Uh, he's known for doing his own stunts as well as creating his own movies and all of that. He, he has a lot of um, accolades to his name. He was around back in the day with uh, Bruce Lee. Uh, when Bruce Lee, you know, uh, was no longer around, he kind of took up the mantle, but Bruce Lee, uh, acting and fighting style is different than his, you know, his is more his acting style and, and what he does on camera is more of a comedy slash serious tone. And Bruce Lee was just all serious. Uh, but you know, he done well in his own right when he was allowed to do his own thing. That's my opinion. Now, uh, it has other, uh, actors in it is a, uh, it's the, the movie, the night of shadows is not in English. However, it does have English captions that you can read. Uh, I would, I highly suggest this movie cause I think he's really good and that, uh, he uh that the movie is really good and that it covers a lot uh in this you know movie he's more of a, a serious person not serious like you know over the top serious but they have a comedy relief uh character that's with him and so he's more of a serious tone and the comedy relief brings you know more of an atmosphere and total all depth to the comedic style of Jackie Chan, which everybody know him for this fantasy, uh, you know, layout is extremely good. I like the way that it was done as action fantasy. And I like the way that everything was put together. Um, the storyline is, uh, you know, the, there's basically two, uh, hunters. Well, one, I guess he's be more of like a monk type character. 
and he fell in love with um, this lady who ended up being possessed by this demon. To make a long story short, <laughs> um, he didn't have the strength to separate the demon from the lady. And he sought out Jackie Chan help. Later on, he finds out that Jackie Chan, and I say Jackie Chan, but the uh, the character Jackie Chan play is uh, Po Song Ling. Um, I'm not used to uh, pronouncing a lot of uh, names, so if I do get it wrong, I do apologize. Feel free to correct me in the comments. And uh, um, Po Sung Ling, you know, teams up with the guy, and he does capture and uh, the person, but he didn't know that it would be. You know, he he figured out it. That would be it. I'm not going to tell you the whole story as I'm looking at it. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to mention the whole story because I want you to watch it. But it's definitely a good story uh, worth your time. And because we're in the holiday season, it's definitely something that you could check out and, and, and enjoy. Even though it's not in English. Okay. Um, <clears throat> some of the other uh, lead roles that I see, you know, obviously we got... Uh, Jackie Chan, who's playing Po Sung Lin, Austin Lin, who's playing Yan Fi, or Yang Fei, Ethan Wong playing uh, Ning Chang Ching, and Elaine Zong playing Ni Zong Zhang. Again, I pronounce. Uh, I believe I did not pronounce it uh, totally accurately, and I apologize for that. However, um, correct me in the comments and let me know what I done wrong. <laughs> anyway, in the uh, in the thing, he does. Uh, Jackie Chan is pretty much enjoying his life as a regular civilian when all crap breaks loose and he has to do his thing now he has help and he's not alone and so it's it's a great uh story and has a lot of comedy to it as well as well as action um it follows the normal uh avenue of jackie chan movies so it's not anything outside of the uh norm of what he would do so uh that's what i'm trying to <laughs> explain without telling the whole story of the night of shadows i came across it by accident uh just looking for something to enjoy and and it definitely was definitely it definitely was and is enjoyable um if you're not familiar with uh jackie chan and his movies i i would highly recommend that you check it out so that you can um learn more about this excellent actor even though i believe personally that he is retired now but he has several movies out there and he's been acting since he was a kid so yeah <clears throat> this particular movie uh came out in 2019 is listed as an action fa fantasy. I don't know how it did 
in um, America overall. I believe most of the scores for America is is, is about 50-50. I think it got like a 5 out of 10. But it's not in English and it's not dubbed. And so I think a lot of people might score it lower because of that. And it didn't get that good a rating in uh, Rotten Tomatoes either. But I personally thought it was uh, a pretty good, pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, movie. Um, I don't know if you can find it uh, dubbed because when I did my search for it, uh, I could only find it in uh, Chinese uh, Mandarin uh, with English uh I don't want to keep want to say subtitles, but yeah, subtitles are captions, uh, and and but I, I I don't think that really took away from the film overall, and I think the set design and everything with these fantasy characters, I think it was really good and very well done, um, and you know the storyline of it is you know is really good as well. So I thought that was, you know, enjoyable. Uh, uh, it, you know, so I highly recommend it so that you can uh, check it out and enjoy it and such like that. Now, the problem comes into play is that it is a little bit of a barrier because it focuses on their culture and their uh, belief system. So if you are not familiar with that or won't you know be able to contextualize it uh, or your uh suspension of disbelief is you know overloaded <laughs> if you get an understanding more of of their culture and, and what they believe and such like that i think that would help as well but not necessarily necessary just you know just enjoy the movie it's a really good movie so that's what i think it's really good uh, to enjoy <clears throat> um, the other you know when they put together this movie you know they I think they done really well because uh, you got a lot of uh, actors and actresses here that I believe they're either from China or from Singapore that they done an, an immaculate job in this and uh, the casting was really good and the uh, acting is really good because you're dealing with a lot of uh, characters in this movie that like they don't actually exist so you're acting to a green screen and because of that I mean that really shows a lot in regards to the actors and actresses capability because they're literally acting to something that's not there so the the character that they're reacting to is not there. So it's all green screen. And so they're like, you know, doing this, doing their job, you know, and, and it's believable. So you're looking at this and it's like, wow, you know, and in some scenes you may even have one actor acting to another actor or actress. That's not even in the same area. <laughs> I was going to say the same state, but you get the idea. And for them to pull it off and believe in its believables that you're thinking that they're literally right next to each other and that they're, uh, you know, doing this thing is like, oh, I can reach out and shake his hand. It's like, nah, nah, not really. <laughs> Absolutely. 
So, uh, and the special effects is good too. Uh, they didn't because, uh, and this is my opinion because it's more of a action fantasy, action fantasy comedy. Uh, it, the most of the designs follow that, uh, theme. So they get their point across without making it grotesque or overly obnoxious, you know, and I think that's really good as well for them to be able to do that. Um, I don't know who their set designer is, but I do like the idea of how they did the movie. Uh, I think, you know, looking at the wiki links, <laughs> Wikipedia uh, 68% of the people like the movies, uh, and, uh, and most of it is like 50-50. And I can I contribute that to uh, it being in uh, Mandarin, in Chinese, not in because it's not in um, it's not in English. It's not even an English dub option that I am aware of. If you found it in English dub, please let me know in the comments below because I would love to know that. Now, they did really well in the budget, uh, the box office, but I don't know how much it costs for them to create it. But they got a pretty uh, lump sum for the from the box office and in the box office here in the United States. So it was around about 22 million and such. But. I don't know how much it costs for them to create it itself. I, but I do know that um, that I like it, and I thought it was really good in that regard. Um, the guy is this, you know, stereotypical hero. The other monk, not Jackie Chan, the other guy, I believe that's uh, Ethan playing uh, Ning. I think he is the stereotypical uh, hero. And unfortunately, he doesn't have the strength to really uh, do what he wants to do, which is save the damsel in distress, save his girl, you know what I'm saying, protect his woman. But uh, he he <laughs> find ways. I, I'm doing my best because I'm trying not to uh, talk the story because I want to be like, oh, he did this and he did that and he did this. <laughs> But I would give the story away, and I don't want to ruin it for you. I don't want to, you know, spoiler alert type of thing. Um, but I do want uh, you guys to check it out and tell me for yourself what you think about it. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Uh, what do you not like about it? You know, even what you like about it. You know, uh, several portions of this uh, movie take place in a green screen setting, it would appear. And because of that, I think that um, the acting of the actors and actresses are wonderful because most of these characters that's created through green screen, um, there is not there physically for them to react to. Even if they're using, um, I can't even think of what the other one's called, the clay figurines and such. Even if they're using that, it still doesn't... Um, it still doesn't, um, it's not even, it's still not there is what I'm trying to say for them to react to. Everything is added in later. And so they're just listening to the description of the director and acting and reacting to it. 
And so I thought that was uh, really cool of them to be able to do as actors and actresses, you know. And uh, so I thought that was that was really cool. Now, uh, one of the uh, problem I think is um, in you know having to act that way and such is uh, when you don't have something there to act and react to. You're literally depending all on your direction, the 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 the, uh, the director and such like that. Of, you know, what they're telling you, what's there in the scene, and what you're reacting to, and all of that. That that's you know important to uh, to do and to know. And the end part of the movie, I want to say, close to the end part of the movie. Like a lot of it is set design stuff, so they're probably on the stage and stuff like that. And the the end part of the movie might be some of it might be set design, but and others might be green screen and of it other of it, you know uh, what I mean green screen. I keep saying green screen, but I mean CGI. And there's several uh, CGI characters in it as well. Excuse me. With that being said. Uh, that gives more of a challenge to the actors and actresses because you, even though if you own a, a sound stage with a green screen, you you're not being able to see like what's there. So if you're dodging and moving through debris or whatever the case may be, it's not actually there. You're just uh, reacting to what the director says that's there that they're going to add in later. <clears throat> so that's why I like a lot of uh, fantasy uh, movies, and and especially when you got like an action fantasy movie and such like that, because you might even be fighting <laughs> something that's not there. So you're doing moves and stuff like that. So it's, so it's interesting, and then you get to see what it looks like in the finished product and stuff like that. So I think <laughs> that's very interesting. All right, so. If you haven't seen uh, The Night of Shadows starring Jackie Chan, definitely look it up. Definitely check it out. Let me know your thoughts on it. Uh, do you agree with me? Do you not agree with me? Do you think that, uh, you know, that uh, it's a good movie? Do you think that it's not a good movie? Again, yes, yes, yes or no, and why? Uh, I think it's good. I think, it, you know, it came out really good. I think that... Um, it, you know, I won't say could have been better, but you know, if you if you get lazy and don't want to read and all that stuff like that, then you may not enjoy it as much because uh, it it does it's not in dub that I can find. If you find it in dub, let me know. But I don't think it's in dub. Everything that I've seen so far, or when I look for it, it's not in dub. It's it's uh it's in Mandarin. Uh, it's in it's in Mandarin only. So. But I still think it's a good movie, even though it's only in Mandarin that I can find. <clears throat> and I've always been a big fan of uh, Jackie Chan. And as I mentioned earlier, he's been acting for a very long time. He's been creating movies for a very long time. And so um, I, I think he's retired now. But I, 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 I'm, I'm a big fan of Jackie Chan. You know. So with that being said, uh, I want to go ahead and close with uh the movie came out in 2019 
Um, it's an action fantasy. It's about um, an hour and 50 minutes long. Uh, so it's a great movie to check out, especially since we're into the holiday season, you know, and uh, <laughs> you might just want something to watch to, uh, I was going to say kill time, but, you know, something to watch to pass time and stuff like that. Yeah. All right, y'all. Okay, coming up next is two guys who know their stuff about sports. Um, it's a great honor to be able to work with these two gentlemen. And I learned so much in regards to sports just listening to these guys just talk casually. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, with no further ado, I'm going to bring to you guys uh, the Sports Bag Bros. That's Trav and Bias. <laughs> Game. You know, we got a lot to talk about with that too, just not with Florida State, but with college football, period, as the real rankings finally came out. But we'll get to that momentarily. I saw that. It might be a little bit of an upset. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a bit of an upset. What I'm thinking, though, is I, I didn't think Georgia was the number one team, anyways. I think number two isn't, isn't bad either. You're still going to be in the mix until either the mm-hmm. SEC championship game changes, whatever. But, you know, Ohio State was the one who's number one when I thought Michigan would be the number one team. But I think Ohio State has played the better teams, and they've been pretty dominant in the games that they've played. So I I don't have a problem with either one. Plus, they don't have the brewing controversy. (laughs) That, too. That shouldn't have anything to do with whether they're going to be the number one team or not. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. This is supposed to – include strength of schedule and teams that you've played you obviously strength of schedule and all of that so all of that factors into it and this is what they came up with ohio state is the number one team yeah. i wouldn't be upset if i'm not an ohio state fan and i'm not you know because the teams that were supposed to be there i think are still there those top four teams florida state bringing up i guess you could say the rear as the fourth team in the top four and they're still undefeated all of those teams are undefeated right and, man you got washington out there too yeah, and Washington is still out there. And I think from watching Washington, they're probably the weaker of the four. That's why they're at five. You know what I mean? But you know what? You just In this day and age especially, you just don't know anymore until you play the game. You know, we always said that in the past, and it, it was valid. But really, because of the way teams just become instantly great, with the exception of Ohio State and probably to a degree Michigan because now they're more consistent, but Georgia especially going for a 3 P. Which you know, it's gonna be a hell of a feat. But the only up. thing I'll say is that, um, other than Ohio State being Penn State, Washington has the best win out of those teams. You know, we thought Florida State beating Clemson was a big victory early. Mm-hmm. Clemson's lost a bunch of games. Um, who has Michigan played? Who has Georgia played? In, in comparison, you know, yeah. those are those are top ten teams that Ohio State and Washington beat. So, well. Yeah, but I'm still looking at Ohio State. I think they're pretty much just holding serve. But I think, like you said, they've played tough enough team to where they got that gauge to where, especially if you could beat Notre Dame, you know how the Notre Dame factor is. I don't know how that really factors into the computer rankings and whatnot, but Notre Dame has been pretty solid. I think they're not as good as I thought they were, obviously. But Ohio State, week in and week out with the same consistency, Michigan doing a lot of the same and blowing teams out, but they haven't played that marquee game yet. 
and with Ohio State, that Penn State game was the one that made people know that, you know what, this is the one that's going to put them ahead. Georgia beating them on Florida. Florida's a solid team, but they weren't even ranked. So whether they won or lost against Florida, shouldn't have moved the needle anymore. So that's probably why they fell to number two. We're in agreement. Uh, I, I might even argue they're not number two. You know what? Exactly, because if I'm thinking Michigan should be number one all this time, well, hey, that means <laughs> it should be number three because Ohio State has proven it, so they're there based on merit. And now Michigan, I thought, was better than Georgia in the beginning, and I still believe so now, even though Carson Beck did play better against Florida, but Florida, once again, wasn't ranked. So Michigan should be at number two at least. Georgia could be at number three. Nevertheless, you still have the teams in the playoffs, and those teams are ultimately going to have to play one another. Yeah. Um, Michigan is going to play Ohio State. We know that. And Georgia is going to eventually play whoever the West has of the SEC, which looks like Alabama so far. And we'll find out as Alabama's playing LSU. We'll get a chance to see where that's going to end up. Likely going to be Alabama. Hopefully LSU, just so I can make a noise about it. But, but either way, with the college football still being out there, Coach Prime back on the scene. Coach Prime, we haven't spoken about him too much. Not for football, though. <laughs> you know, well, for right now, it's, it's football to a degree, but it's the, the, the robbery. The jewelry, which was allegedly stolen. I can't even say allegedly. It was stolen, according to them, and other things. But you know what? I can't say you, get, you got what you deserve. But with this NIL and these guys flashing, especially his son flashing his jewelry, Almost kind of, sort of. What would you expect something like that to happen, wouldn't you? Unfortunately, that that's the thought. But it doesn't make it right. It doesn't, it doesn't mean it should right. happen. Right. Um, yeah, you, they're abrasive. They're they're. You might find them annoying. You might think they're assholes. But that doesn't mean you should go steal their stuff. Um, and that's true. I, and and yeah. but but the mentality is well, when you put all of that out there, you should expect a reaction. Yeah, reaction, but but not thievery, not a crime. You know what? I remember years ago when Mike Tyson got in that trouble with Desiree Washington before he served his time, and there was mm -hmm. a reporter out there, I can't remember her name, I think Sonia something, but anyway, she was talking about how they were in at court, and Courtney was asking, well, if someone wore like a, a Rolex watch at 2 o'clock in the morning in a bad neighborhood, doesn't mean they deserve to get robbed. You know what I mean? You can almost expect to get robbed, but do you deserve to get robbed just because you have it in a bad neighborhood? You know, right. it's a dumb decision to go ahead and do that. But you don't deserve to get robbed because you have this Rolex watch in a bad neighborhood at two in the morning. You shouldn't even be out that, there. I don't think that's a good comparison. Though. I think it is. Well, I think it is only because only because why I think it's a good comparison because these people are flaunting the gold and the jewelry and the things that they have right now. And they're bringing it to a game, but and you, you know there's people out there. Whether, whether there's people, well, there. I mean. Desiree Washington was with the case that was going on, but I the analogy that was made. And I'm thinking that these people showing the jewelry that they have <laughs> being ostentatious as they have been, kind of following the lead of Deion Sanders, which I don't really believe he's been that ostentatious. He's just been telling you things that other coaches wouldn't tell you, and they believe themselves. But mm -hmm. And then to say this over and over, we got this watch, and we saw what his son did a couple of weeks ago, you know, showing his watch and all, and you're going to – get people thinking, you know what? This is the granddaddy of them all in Pasadena, which isn't too far from LA. People are grinding. People are going to find a way, whether it's security that's there that's going to do it themselves or whether someone just finagled their way into the locker room because they knew what was there. Yeah, it's an unfortunate situation. Um, 
demanding that they get reimbursed. I don't know. I mean, is <clears throat> is the the school responsible? Is the athletic department respo responsible? The stadium who's who's responsible? Who who's to reimburse them? Uh, I don't know. It's it's just a very unfortunate situation. It's bogus. Um, I don't know if they're going to go out and buy all new jewelry, but they may not want to take them on the road. And not only that, man, now you can add I'm on. I'm glad that I have to say that, you know. Yeah, you know what? But we know what we're living in, and they know what they're doing, and we know how people <clears> try to <throat> be and what they could do. Because they, we saw what just happened. Well, we at least know what happened. And now Deion Sanders is acting like there's just something out there in the ether that should pay them back. You know what? During this NIL age and everyone getting this kind of money, well, you should learn a few more things other than how to flaunt your jewelry. You should also know how to hang on to your jewelry or how to get insurance so when your jewelry is stolen, you can get the money back. Apparently, they hadn't gotten the, to that page yet. And Dion, I think he did mention something about that. Well, they don't know about these things yet. Well, if you're teaching these financial literacy courses, I guess because of the NIL, athletes get dibs on it because they're in the position to get the NIL, you would think that, that would be part of it. All of these things you get, you got the money, so you're showing the floor and whatever the, the goods are you have, but then you don't take care of the most mundane thing, which is getting insurance for something that expensive. You know, athletes aren't that clueless to where they don't know if they got a high draft pick status, not to go to Lloyd's of London and get themselves insured. They do that. So this is almost the same thing. Yeah, I'm thinking kind of like Nino Brown. Somebody's got to know something. Okay. They have cameras, right? Maybe not in the locker room, but who goes in and out of the locker room, I'm sure is on camera. Somebody knows something somewhere. Somebody got to know. Oh, of course. You know, I think so. I mean, and, and that's besides the people that actually did it. I'm saying people who have access to the who camera. Access and allowed it to happen. I mean, yeah. it, it was a road game, so it's not beyond the pale to say that it was a setup. And I'm not going to say rightfully so. But man, it's no, when it first came up, there was no real surprise. It was more of a gag to me. I just kind of like chuckled at it because I was like, man, that's stupid. But guess what? This is what you open the door for when you do those kinds of things. It doesn't mean you deserve it, but you know what kind of people we have. These are sometimes desperate times out there in California and everywhere else. So people go and do where they think, you know, you, you rob the bank. Why? Because that's where the money is. I know Bernie Sugar used to tell me that, you know, Tell me that I forgot who he said and mentioned that. They asked him, "Why do you rob banks?" I think it was uh, probably Dillinger, who one of those guys. But why do you rob banks? Because that's where the money is. <laughs> well, it's pretty simple. Why did you rob Deion Sanders' crew? Because that's where the NIL money is, and this is where the gold is. And we saw a watch, so we went and took it. And then on top of that, it was after yet another loss coming from the Stanford loss. Now you lose this game, and at the, uh, to UCLA and. After the game, Deion Sanders was criticized for criticizing his offensive line. And is is a coach right to criticize his offensive line openly, or is that just something you take care of in the locker room? Uh, with him having the, the light he has, regardless of whether he says it in the locker room or he says it outside, it's going to leak out somewhere and people are going to hear about it anyway. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if I agree with him throwing his players under the bus. No. Um, but he's not saying anything the whole world doesn't already know. Yeah, you know, wh wh if you watch a Colorado game, you know the offensive line is suspect. The defensive line is eh. he 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 need, he knows, and the whole whole world that watches college football knows 
he needs linemen on both sides of the ball. But so, you know what? I know Jason Whitlock, he's like Deion Sanders hater number one, I guess, according to most people out there. And um, he was talking about how Deion had gone about it and how this is pretty much the beginning of the end, I guess. I don't know whether he just did that as a thumbnail to get people to click. But from what he had to say, it sounded like it had some some real meaning to it. It had, it had somewhat of validity to it because what he was saying is they, they don't dedicate enough time to the running game to see if the running game works. He's so much concerned about his son going to the NFL or even being a Heisman candidate that he has his son throwing the ball even when they don't need to throw the ball. And when you think about it and you look at what's been happening over the past well this season, I can kind of sort of believe that. And even looking at this last game, his son was injured. The game was out of hand. He still has him out there throwing and throwing and throwing, trying to pad stats. That's what it was. Could be true. I'd have to see the video, see exactly what he said. And um, I haven't watched the Colorado game in a few weeks, so I, I didn't see that Shadur was out there um, hurt because if he's playing, he's not injured, right? So he, he was hurt less than 100%. But they're, they're falling behind. They're getting beat. They're losing games. So mm -hmm. what do you do when you're behind? You pass the ball. Yeah, you pass the ball, but uh, I guess if you have an injured quarterback or a hurt quarterback to where he's immobile and he's a sitting duck, if it's an ankle injury or a leg injury period and you're playing UCLA, you're a dead duck back there. You're a sitting duck. So get somebody else, your backup would be the sitting duck who's not injured, has a better chance of helping the team, you know, even though he might not be as talented as Shadour or Izzy. We don't know because Deion automatically made him the de facto starter from the day one. No one even you know, did compete against him. But nevertheless, UCLA stomped them out, the newest team to do it. I think Arizona, in my opinion, the only team they have an opportunity to win before closing out the season with consecutive losses and not making this season a flop. Right now, they've already quadrupled their win total from last year. But as Jason Whitlock also said, this isn't last year's team. He's brought in 86 players. Most we said players. that. We said that before the season even started. So yeah, but he brought a revelation. No, it's not a revelation. This isn't, but I think that I've seen a lot, I've heard or, and seen a lot of people talking about and media people talking about how great, a, how great he has done with his team. And I think he's done a great job, regardless of if it's the same players or different players. He still had to coach these guys because even if it's different players, you still got to get these people on the same page. Football is like the ultimate team sport where there are so many moving parts. And we can see from this offensive line that sometimes that part doesn't move. But he still was able to churn out four games and get the winners out of those games. And even if he loses for the rest of the season, he still has something to work with. And in college football in particular, it's all about the talent. In the NFL, the talent level is so high that a slip up here and there could be the difference between a win or a loss. In college football, you bring in nothing but talent like Georgia and Alabama, you'll get those kinds of results. He can do that. We've already seen that. You still got to know X's and O's. He's played in the NFL. He's a hell of a communicator. We know about that. A hell of a motivator. We know about that. So it's not out of the realm of possibility to think that he could be one of those top echelon coaches one day. But him throwing his team under the bus, his offensive line, and then just constantly throwing it throwing when he probably should be trying to run and develop a running game, they had 25 yards rushing as a team <laughs> in a blowout. <laughs> you know what? Keep running the ball. Save your quarterback. Uh, in what game are you talking about? They had 25 yards this past game against oh, UCLA. They were, they were behind, right? yeah. They were, 
Well, they weren't behind from the beginning. I think they were up. They were what seven and six at half. At the half. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. so any, any of that time in between, run the ball, run the ball, mix it up, do something different, and they did it. I think. But at the same time, maybe he knows his. They can't run block, and he's got a good quarterback. He has good whiteouts, so let's pass the ball. Now, as far as good quarterbacks go, is he? I mean, you, you. I watched the Nebraska game. They could hardly run the ball. Yeah, that, exactly. Maybe that has more to do with Nebraska's defense and the three-three-five that confuses linemen and whatnot. But they they struggle running the ball. They look like Nebraska last year running into a pile of bodies at the scrimmage line. So maybe he he tried running early. He's like, we can't run block. Let's pass it. We're good at passing the ball, so let's pass it. Well, Shadu had less than 220 yards passing through the ball over 40 times. The passing game wasn't working that well either. I think he needed a little bit more of a mix of running. It's like he gave up on a running game too soon. You know, he gave up on a running game too soon. You know, the one thing about football and the maybe, running game. Maybe all coaches know, man, they can't run the ball. We just play. We drop eight. We drop eight and, and see if they can find an open receiver. I don't, I don't know. And, you know, so I think it still goes back to he's trying to highlight his son more than he's worried about the team. It comes across as that. I like to believe that it's not about that. But Dion leads you to believe or leads you to think that he's worrying more about his son's chances because every opportunity he does get, whatever player out there gets hit as much as he does because he's been sacked, I believe, more than anyone in college football this year because of that line. Who goes out there keeps picking himself up? And he's trying to put him into that Heisman race that he's been out of for a couple of weeks now. And, you know, you look at Michael Penix and you look at other quarterbacks out there, even Caleb Williams with the losses he's had, still looking like a, a, a high-quality college quarterback. And Bo Nix, another one of those quarterbacks, and he's trying to push the, his son into that same realm with them when he doesn't belong. I don't believe he belongs. And if he does get to the NFL, from what I've seen, I'm not a scout, but from what I've seen, I think he's a second-rounder. But, you know, that still needs to be determined eventually, and we'll get a chance to see that. But Coach Prime throwing his offensive line under the bus is what – I was talking about, and I'm thinking, obviously, I'm not the only one who thought that. I'm not going to just use Jason Whitlock because he's Deion Hayden number one. So people are just, just going to write him off. But it's been said, that you know what? Hmm, maybe he is pushing the envelope a little bit more. So, um, and by the way, who should pay when it comes down to replacing this jewelry? That's the question I asked. I don't know who should pay. Yeah, who should pay? I mean, he's telling the NCAA to get involved. The police have gotten involved already. I think it needs to go through there. And if you've done the right thing for sure, your insurance would have been paying it, but you didn't take care of that. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I, don't, I don't know. I don't like if you and I, when we go to Florida State and we get robbed, who? Uh, ain't no college going to reimburse us. It's exactly. Gonna to, it's going to be up to the police. So they shouldn't get no, <laughs> no, no special treatment. And I don't think so either. I still, you know, Dion with all the money that he had gotten from this contract, and I'm sure money he saved up since he's been playing and being entertained. And there's got to be a jeweler out there to be like, you know what, man? Here, you send send watches, send necklaces, uh, but they'll be fake though. Uh-huh. <laughs> they'll nope. be fake. They'll fake gold, fake jewels. <laughs> they want real ones back. And the funny part about it with me with Dion, I'm just saying for for the publicity, you know. It, He's Colorado's jeweler. He's Coach you know Prime. That would be something right there. That would be something. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Be a sponsor. Yeah. Make it a marketing. Make it a marketing point. The new NIL partner. 
But he's talking about, well, this is supposed to be the granddaddy of them all being the Rose Bowl. I know granddaddy has some money. Bro, the Rose Bowl isn't paying you. <laughs> UCLA isn't paying you. Anyway, you should have taken care of your business when you could. And going back to our original point when we started up, Ohio State is number one, Georgia at number two, Michigan three, FSU number four. I think they got it right for now, and it's all. it shouldn't even matter because they're <clears> going to come out in the wash anyway. Georgia still has to play Alabama or LSU, and Ohio State has to play Michigan. Okay, you got a first-hand experience of the Sports Bag Bros. You can find them on YouTube. I'm going to put their link in the description below. And also, uh, all major digital podcast platforms. So check these guys out if you want to get your daily dose of sports. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> Alright. Sports Bag Bros. And thank you to you gentlemen. And uh, yeah. I'm nude. Yeah. I have a special treat for you made for the Jacob Owens Short Horror Film Contest created and directed by Dwight Taylor. It's called Ghouls. Enjoy this short. Took him long enough. So you're still coming over tonight, right? Oh, yeah. I'm already on my way. Am I going to have to climb up to your window again? <laughs> no, you fell off last time. We almost got caught. <laughs> I'm going to leave the back door unlocked. And don't park so close. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I got to get somewhere fast just in case your dad catches us. Yeah, he will kill you. <laughs> so, what are you wearing? Nothing. Damn it! I'm more wet. Oh, ha ha, very funny. Just hurry up and get here, okay?
Hey, Chloe, where you at? I'll be down in a minute. Trey? MyFitWatch.net, you see me say it so much time, so many times. Um, it's my online store. Uh, you, you can find uh, Team Firehawk supplements there. I use it. Uh, multivitamin. Um, you can find uh, all the merch there. You know what I'm saying? Got to get the merch. And uh, you can also find... Um, all kind of items and stuff there that that you know just will support the uh the stream the company the, the whole night the movement every everything you know so it's just a pleasure and an honor to be able to present to you myfootwatch.net okay so thank you so much for your support all right <laughs>